You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. Ruby are listening right around South Australia. This is The Run Home. Kimbo and The Roots brought to you by Balfour's, of course. Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. We're live from SNSA's Studio Lumo on, well, Bombshell Friday. Bombshell Friday. And who better to dissect the sacking of a coach than the superstar, the former superstar from the advertiser in 5AA, now SEN Zone, Michelangelo Rucci. Party people! Rooch, here he is. Rooch, here he is. Hey. Rooch, Rooch. There were whispers Shaka-laka. early in the week, Rooch. then there were rumblings, then last night around 10 p.m. Bang. See you later, Brett Ratton. Yeah, it's a brutal game, this AFL. And what we're talking about sackings, delistings, moving on. How many shows do you miss before you lose top billing in the naming rights here? Surely Why? by now it should be Fitzner. Fitz and Roach, <laughs> surely Mate, by now. There'd be a riot. There'd be a riot. <laughs> be a riot. Oh, <laughs> there'd be a riot, I think. Uh, oh, Miles. It is <laughs> Friday. Fill all gaps, sellies for me. Just no, filling a hole. don't set yeah. yourself short. It is Friday. and well, Yes, we'll talk about St Kilda's. Bombshell in sacking Brett Ratton when he'd only been signed about 100 days earlier to a two-year extension. Does this open the door for Ross Lyon, who actually went out of the door by his own doing to go to Fremantle a few years ago, come back to St Kilda? But the one thing about Friday, as they used to always say in Washington, D.C. that is, Friday afternoon's the best time to take out the trash because the Saturday papers have already been set in place. Late Friday, it's too hard for them to... Readjust them. Well, Port Adelaide has just slipped out a note. Just as we're going to air, Miles. Marty Frederick, delisted. Dylan, Dylan Williams, delisted, but will be picked up in the rookie draft. Jed McEntee gets a one-year contract extension. Trent Dumont gets a one-year contract extension. And it's the interesting one with Marty Frederick, considering the thought, you know, should have been traded on during the trade period if Port weren't going to keep him. Anyway, he'll be a delisted player. I'll be intrigued if he gets a a run somewhere else next year. Does he go to the West? Does he join his yeah. brother or does he become a rival to his brother at West Coast? We'll see. There'd be interest in him, for there, sure. Oh, there is. There's there big is upside. Yeah. Big upside. Mm. Big upside in Frederick. Good to see uh, one of our, we call him SEN Zone, Trent DeMont getting a one-year extension. Yes. Um, apparently ticked a few boxes there at Port, so good to see him getting another crack. Indeed. Uh, Roach. Now we wait for Adelaide's 
announcement could that be in the next half hour or so, Miles? Oh, just a little Friday afternoon. <laughs> Another one of the Take Fridays. Take out the people yeah. around the trash. Yes, it's the Fridays. But I... Isn't it? Just a little, oh, St Kilda have gone with something. Hang on, rush it up. Yeah, <laughs> While dump. everyone's debating, yes, that's right. Well, look, there's going to be a lot of debate about St Kilda, but before we get into that, who have you lined up for today's show? Big lineup today. Big lineup. And uh, look, nothing to do with me. That's uh, Benny Palmer and Lionsy's job. You know that. Peter Ryan from The Age is going to join us. We're going to have a chat to him. And I just love watching two journos. I'm just going to sit back and watch you two Junos go head to head. Pizza ripper. If anyone yeah, can tell is. us exactly what the emotions are. And, and look, St Kilda is an interesting footy club because they have had what we would call a long-suffering supporter base. Uh, we've No premiership for 56 years. Yeah, the only one in 66, to which uh, we'll be hearing Grant Thomas shortly about a couple of notes about St Kilda. One, including, okay, they've dealt with the coach. He's put on the agenda, Miles. He's sitting down, ready for this. He wants St Kilda to raid Port Adelaide and take Jason Cripps, who used to play for the Saints, make them the list, make him the list manager. And the recruiting manager for this new St Kilda would be, if Grant Thomas had the reins, Matt Rendell. Yes. Well, I, look, I did, I did hear a little whisper about this, and I've just tried to work the phones in the last 20 minutes to... to um, but we'll talk about that in a moment. We will. We'll get to that. And Peter, who better to talk us through than Peter Ryan? Um, Antonius Cleveland from the 36ers. We'll have a chat to him. Uh, he's former Dallas Maverick, Illawarra Hawk, now Adelaide 36er, and loves it here. Uh, Gareth Hall is going to join us. Now, it's a big weekend in racing, and I can talk racing on a Friday, Rich. Um, it's Murray Bridge Cup day today, too, um, which is not far away. Uh, Murray Bridge Gale Cup. Yep. But... The big weekend in racing, the Everest and the Caulfield Cup are massive. Big, oh. One of the biggest things happening in sport this weekend. So Gareth Hall, who's got his new program, Giddy Up with Gareth, on SE and track right around the country every single morning, including Saturday mornings. We've got Burat Sundaraisen. Caught a lot of cricket with Burat. He's a dead-set ripper. He's part of SEN's T20 World Cup team. We'll discuss the, uh, the, a bit of the cricket, what's happening with the T20 World Cup and upcoming, maybe a little bit about David Warner. We have to. And we have to ask about David Warner because that's now a big debate. Does he have? Does he have enough time behind him for us? We won't forget, but should we forgive for what happened in South Africa? Can he be put back on the world stage as a captain? One word from you: yes or no? No, no. no. I'm exactly the same. No, no, no. Nah, nah. Won't forget. I, mean, oh, I don't forget, and I'm not forgiven either. Yeah, exactly. Yep. No, nah, I am in the same boat. And then, of course, we've got our Friday forecast in the real estate wrap form again. Um, the, it's, the, the coaches' sackings, I mean, we've finished trade radio here in Melbourne, so the, the officers are like died down for all of about 24 hours, and then you should have seen them running around in here. And he said this, and they've said this, and oh, they're going to go with the press conference. Um, Andrew Bassett, Simon Lethley, they've all come out. They haven't really said a lot. Do you think? Do you think this has got... Ross Lyons' fingerprints all over this from a long way out? Or do you think that Jeff Walsh is the Grim Reaper? Because everywhere he's gone... We've got to clean that one up. Jeff Walsh came into St Kilda after the review had been put on the table. So David Noble was part of that review. The four-man panel reviewed it. Now, there are a couple of elements here. So Brett Ratton is at the point where he's got St Kilda at eight and three. St Kilda had committed to giving him clarity on where he stood some stage during the season. Now, at 8-3, and three, there's a pretty good feel about St Kilda. 
They were the last team to beat Geelong at Marvel Stadium, yeah, I called there's, it. There's a good point. So they hand Brett Ratton a two-year contract extension. You would have thought at that point, the St Kilda board, the St Kilda football department, whoever's leading at that point, says, Brett, at this point, we are prepared to talk to you about a contract but it's going to go hand in hand with a review of the whole football program and we don't want to commit to you until that's completed. But no, they, they gave him a two-year contract extension 100 days ago. Continue on with the review, which involves David Noble, and now come to the conclusion that he's not the man to coach them. Now, uh, Grant Thomas does make a good point earlier today. If you've made a mistake in, when was it, July, Miles? That would have been 100 days ago. It would have been, yeah, about July. You don't carry it on for two years. You admit you make the mistake and get on with correcting it. I, I, well, I get that point of view. This is what they're saying. That might yeah. be the Jeff Walsh influence that they said, you've realised you made a mistake. What you have to do now is he was the one that might have said, you've, you've, you've got to rip the Band-Aid off. Well, even if he does, the fingerprints are more on that four-man committee saying you've got the wrong coach. Now, Brett Ratton leaves... And this probably tells a story. Ultimately, coaches are always going to be accessed by the scoreboard, the win-losses. That, that's the brutal way in which it's done. Whereas what we're seeing now is clubs are becoming a bit more sophisticated and doing this whole review, whole of football department, and then seeing where the coach fits into that program element. But Brett Ratton had 33 wins, 33 losses, 50% record. And when you look at it, he was there as an interim coach, three and three, 50%. He gets 10-7 in his first year as the official St Kilda coach, takes them a final, they lose it. And they lost it with a very bad finish. 10-12 in his second season, 10-11 in his second season. That's pretty well what you would define as very average. And we're not, not certainly not going in one direction. It's stuck there in yeah, no man's land. Exactly yeah. right. Now, you either say it's the coach, it's the program, it's a whole heap of things. Now, Grant Thomas has been very strong about, ultimately, coaches need players, and you better start looking at St Kilda's recruiting, and that's list management and recruiting. That's why Matt Rendell's name's hot all over again. But Rhett, Brett Ratton cops it. He cops the bullet. He, he's gone. That's it. That's the second time this has happened to him. You... Can't imagine he's going to get a third chance to coach. So now the big question is, does St Kilda forgive Ross Lyon and bring him back into the fold after his famous exit to go to Well, Fremantle? it's a different. It's also a different place now too. Yeah, no but, I mean, a lot of your coteries and your major sponsors are, you know, there's, there's, you know, Lindsay Fox has obviously had his birthday recently and they're saying that, you know, some of that might have come out of that meeting and, and he's a big player. Do, do you want to hear what Grant Thomas had to say about the Saints being ruthless? Absolutely. St Kilda hasn't been in the Premiership business for well over a decade and uh, we've just been meandering along in an irrelevant fashion and I, I sort of applaud any move or decision that gets us into the Premiership business. And So that's why the question of who coaches St Kilda next is very, very interesting. They're last in the market after we've seen Alistair Clarkson has been taken by North Melbourne. Brad Scott has his second coming as a coach now at Essendon. Pretty clear that the message that's getting around St Kilda is they need someone who is proven. Here we go again with this proven coaching well, aspect. that rules out a foo that I was going to throw up. Who would you have nominated? Well, so, well that, I mean, it's not about more so what I've nominated, but they're going Robert Harvey, Lenny Hayes, James Hurd, Adam Uze. They're the four that have already been yeah, bandied. Yeah, they're the names, clearly. Robert Harvey's an interesting one because it's a homecoming. But he has no track record that 
matches up with what Ross Lyon did. So this is where it's going to get. It's now the question is, everyone is saying you don't sack a coach in October unless you already know who's coming in. Now, Andrew Bassett, the St Kilda president, and Simon Lethley, the new chief executive, were pretty clear that one decision has been made, and the one that's who the next coach is is still a blank sheet of paper. Well, that's silly. Because this smells like it, they've got something in the background already. Let's hear what they had to say today. This has been a um, very tough few weeks, and the decision to part ways with Brett Ratton has been a very painful one for the club and, of course, incredibly disappointing for Brett and his family. At the end of the day, our duty to members in the pursuit of success requires us to make the best decision for the club and for the members and not for the individual. As you know, we began a full review of our football program in July. I led this review using external expertise and with the support of a number of board members and our CEO. I want to be very clear, we had no predetermined outcome when we started this review. I will report back to members in the coming days with key components to that review, but in summary, we've made big improvements across all areas of the club, but there is a big gap between where we are now and where we want to be. We don't yet have the winning culture or ruthless commitment to football excellence that we need. The review has already delivered a new GM of football in Jeff Walsh, and it became clear that we needed to have a new senior coach with a new style of leadership and a new voice. I want to address the issue of the contract extension mid-season. We gave Brett assurance at the start of 2022 they would give him clarity mid-year. At the time, the team was winning games and in contention, and we wanted to give Brett all the support he needed to give him the best chance of success and to show that he could be our long-term coach. If we, as a club, have regrets about that in hindsight, we cannot let those regrets get in the way of making the right decision for the future. I want to say a few things about Brett Ratton. He's given his heart and soul to the club, and it's been a, this has been an incredibly hard decision for us. He's loved and respected, not only by many in St Kilda, but across the industry. He's shown immense care and passion for our staff and players. I want to thank him for everything he and his family have given to this club. It is with a very, very heavy heart that we've made this decision. Brett has handled himself this week in incredibly difficult circumstances, with dignity and class, as you'd expect from the person that he is. As to what's next, we have a very clear view about what we need, and I want the members to know that we'll get the right coach for this club. I know you, a lot of you have questions, but we are not going to address too much about our next steps today. I will say that we will act quickly and decisively. <coughs> I hope to give you an update on this issue in coming weeks. Thank you. That's Andrew Bassett's opening statement from the press conference and, well, he's essentially said there, Roach, that too, that they won't be taking or talking about anything else. I mean, it's, it's astounding. I, I, I found that this, no one's heard of this until about a week ago. Mm. And then there was just a rumbling, like, hang on, something's not right. The, the, the talk, though, is that, that with the payout and obviously that they've ripped the Band-Aid off, is that there are clauses in place. They don't have to um, not necessarily pay the whole contract out. There are 
like cooling off periods with contracts. There's also um, um, things in place in regards to payout clauses if they're paid out or, or something terminates within the first year of that. They've only got to pay out a certain amount of months. So that's, they don't necessarily have to pay in the whole amount and of money. And this is the second time St Kilda's been in the spot where they have had to search for a coach late. They were the only team in the market. The last time it was Alan Richardson who they plucked out of Port Adelaide. And Simon Lethlin sacked as well. Yeah, so that's uh, going to be... I mean, interesting which way they lean on this one. Do they pull on the old heartstrings with Robert Harvey? Do they forgive Ross Lyon and just make the cold call to be with a man who has a proven record? Or do they even go outside those two options? Anyway, we'll have a look at what St Kilda said on that front after we go to the break. Yeah, we'll go to the break. A couple of texts coming in about the recruitment. We will talk to that and also suggestions on uh, the next coach at St Kilda, 0427 0427-154-166. If there's anything you want to discuss at all on this Friday, Miles Fitz and the Michelangelo Rucci on the run home for Kimbo and the Rooch, all thanks to the Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel. It's in stock now. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Woods. Welcome back. The Run Home with Kimbo and the Rooch brought to you by Balfour's. No matter your club colours, Balfour's are for the game. Miles Fitzner, Michelangelo Rucci with you. The text machine is lit up. I'll get to a few of these before yes. we play some audio roots. Um, Mark Williams, a few saying Mark Williams would be good to coach. Is it a few uh, or is it the same one who texts us all the time through the Essendon saga saying uh, every day we'd get a Mark Williams text? Mark. I think we've two. I think they're two different ones. Um, hello no, to the no, boys. It's a, hello no, to the boys at the Royal. We yeah, get no, your message. Yeah, it is the same one. Um, here we go. <laughs> no one tried coach. They said as well. Um, Hi, guys. Jeff Walsh is correct about St Kilda being irrelevant. When Essendon appointed Andrew Thorburn, everyone attacked him for his role with the church. When St Kilda appointed Lethlin, after being sacked by the AFL for misconduct, no one said a word. What does this tell you about the relevance? Uh, relevance. Relevance. I don't support either club, said Glenn. Um, hi, Kimbo and Roach. I agree with Miles. Either, um, uh, he said St Kilda's incredibly stupid if they sack Ratton without having a replacement lined up. The club said the review was completed a month ago. Why wait that long to put a bullet in Ratton? I agree. I, I, there's something in behind the scenes here that smells. And this is the interesting one, which will lead us into some audio here, Roach. Good afternoon, guys. Do you expect James Gallagher to survive the review from Chris? I do, 100%, because his relationship with Simon Lethlin is close, really close. That That's like, I, I don't expect them to be making any changes there. That would shock me. Would that shock you? No, nothing would shock me in this circumstance, particularly when Grant <laughs> Thomas is making it very clear that the very people who do need to have a fair bit put on them are those who are in charge of the list and recruiting at St Kilda. Now, the interesting name that's emerging, now, there's no basis to this other than people saying, here is a name, could this coach, a current AFL coach, just as Ross Lyon moved out of St Kilda to go to Fremantle, could Luke Beveridge at the Western Bulldogs be tempted to be at St Kilda? See, that's this is what it smells like to me, that that this is the old-fashioned, you know, Ross Lyon, I've got a job before I leave a job sort of stuff. Well, Andrew and Bassett then they'll go whoosh. and Simon Lethleen made it very clear at today's press conference that they do not have their man in place. No, we haven't. Yep. I, was, I just discussed them. We're not going to talk about the next steps. Um, today's about showing the respect to... 
Brett, which has been a really tough decision for the club. Um, we've made no decisions about our next coach. Um, we'll take the next steps now across the hopefully days and weeks to find the right coach for this club. I don't understand this. Why say we're not going to talk about our next steps if you don't have a next step? So if they're saying we don't have a next step done, why do you need to say we're not going to talk about it? You might as well just say we don't have a next step. You don't need to tell people that you're not going to talk about it. You've just spoken about it by talking about it. There's still a series of questions. That is the biggest crock of absolute nonsense ever. There's still a series of questions that St Kilda do need to answer is exactly how they're going to go about this process of finding their next coach. Which they... I, I, I'm, I'm in the camp. Mm-hmm. I'm in the camp. I, I, if I was a betting man, which 100% I am, responsibly though always, is I would say, you watch this within 10 days, two weeks, boom. Well, that and would, and that it, like, there's no way they haven't screened. There is not a chance. They, they've done the review. They've waited this long. They've waited till after the trade period so they can still do It's right after the trade period. So they look stable and then whoosh. And they, they are. This has been in the background for three weeks, four weeks. They can't. Like in this day and age, they can't, Roots. Can they? Well, I think they could take as long as six weeks. There's no. They're the only club in the market for a coach. And if you look back at where the Alan Richardson one, that took to November. But I don't, I'm not sure they're going to be able to do it in just two weeks unless they become... The interesting one will be Ross Lyon, who's made it very clear in the past that his resume is there for everyone to see and he doesn't want to go through the psych testing and everything that is now part of a detailed process. If you look at Essendon, it took weeks and weeks there because they demanded that people go through the process so they could get to the ultimate decision on Brad Scott minus Kevin Sheedy's vote. I'm not sure they're going to do this in 10 to 14 days, Miles. Do you think... Well, I see what I'm saying is I think they already know. I, I, why go into a press conference and say we're not going to discuss uh, the next steps? Um, by the way, we haven't taken any next step. But well, I, I, no I take sense. them on face value that they No, that they, they absolutely don't actually lie. have a process No, they lie place. through their teeth to us. They lie Ooh. all the time. Well, Mick Mouldhouse has done it. You, you name it. They've all done it. They've all gone, no, we haven't spoken to them. Sonia Hood... Like that, they'll tell you one thing in a week later, it's totally different. They don't care. Well, it'll be interesting. They don't get what, in trouble for lying. See what the St Kilda fans will want, particularly with Ross Lyon. Have they forgiven him? Do they believe he is still the man who can deliver the premiership that came very, very close to St Kilda, that drawn grand final with Collingwood, and then the mess they made of the grand final replay? Ross the boss. And he's, he's been their best coach of recent times. Everything that's happened after that is paling in insignificance compared to what he did at St Kilda. He made them more than fashionable. I mean, they, know they did play dour defensive footy because that's what Ross is all about. But they were, they were an extraordinary side for a long time. As we all remember that famous year where the uh, St Kilda Geelong raced to oh, see which team would be the first field game of all time. Well, mm. Anyway, after four... After we go to the news, we'll be joined by Peter Ryan at The Age, who'll give us the update and exactly what St Kilda is up to. Well, welcome back. This is The Run Home. Kimbo on the Roots, brought to you by Balfour's. No matter your club colours, Balfour's are for the game. Miles Fitzner, Michelangelo Rucci with you. And, well, we're dissecting what seems to be the the, uh, post-trade week sort of shock, I suppose, in the sacking of Brett Ratton, and who better to run through that 
and joined by one of the stars from the age, uh, Peter Ryan, joins us on the line. Hello, Peter. G'day, boys. How are you? Yeah, it's a pretty um, dramatic end to what has been a busy week. So, Pete, just clear up for us. How did this play out? So they signed Brett Ratton to a two-year contract extension and then commit to a review. How, yeah. how many things can you get wrong in this process? Uh, yeah, well, we'll go through the process and you can probably almost get a buzzer going off every time yes. you identify something <laughs> that's gone wrong. Probably be the easiest. But I think, uh, look, they, they made the commitment to him in, I think it was July, after they were probably won eight of their first 11 and looked on track to the finals um, to extend him out until 2024. The concerning thing that... Um, Andrew Bassett said today was that they had reservations even then, but mm. they wanted to give him the opportunity to prove he could coach and, and give a level of confidence to the players and certainty and so on, which seems extraordinary, even though, and then be prepared to wear the payout if uh, faced with a realisation that they'd got it wrong, rather than waiting until um, the end of the season to make that decision. Wow, there's the buzz they, just gone there, Pete. That's, yeah, that's a yeah, huge that's right. fail by St Kilda. Yeah, no, it's it's terrible. And then, uh, obviously, the season didn't go as anticipated for St Kilda and they lost eight of their last 11 and reversed their first half of the year, missed out on the finals. And uh, Andrew Bassett decided that he needed to get more involved because his estimation and from what he'd been told by the experts as to what, how they were tracking wasn't um, playing out in time, real time. And uh, instigated that review... Uh, led by himself and by Simon Lethleen, who was the head of the footy department, which is the department being reviewed, um, who was then said to be promoted to CEO, and brought in David Noble, who's obviously a highly regarded administrator that had been recently sacked from North Melbourne, and a board member, Jason Blake, running that review. Um, And they started to find out things uh, weren't as rosy in the footy department as they thought they were. Well, here there goes the buzzer also... again, Pete, because yeah. if the yeah. man who constructed this football department in Simon Lethlean becomes Correct. the CEO, why is he not answering for these failures? Well, that's the question, isn't it? I mean, you have to wonder how you can be promoted. You can run a football department, it gets reviewed, and be promoted to CEO as the coach gets sacked. It's not a great reflection on the footy club, I wouldn't have thought, no. and the decision makers. Um, so then they go through that process, and they're... they're they're not communicating, uh, Andrew Bassett admits today, to Brett Ratton some of the things that they figure are his shortcomings along the way. Um, they're actually not able to have those hard conversations. They come to the conclusion with the review that they probably need to move on the coach. And now I've just written a piece for the age. Andrew Bassett went on a cruise um, from New York to Montreal with Lindsay Fox for his 85th oh, birthday. Yes. There are a lot of discussions being had there with uh, football heavyweights around the state of the club and future of the club and so on. So he comes back um, to Melbourne and starts to even speak more widely to St Kilda people about their future. And and one person put it to me today that he didn't envisage uh, Brett Ratton holding up a Premiership Cup um, as Saints coach when he really um, got down to it. And, this, is very, um, this is very Alan Scott, Mark Williams all over again. <laughs> it's a bit like that. And then, um, look, then uh, they make one appointment out of the football review, which is to appoint Jeff Walsh yeah. um, as football manager. And David Rath 
has to um, realise that his expectation that he would be football manager is no longer and that he'll have to work and learn off Jeff. Um, Jeff doesn't start till November the 1st and he's um, he's had no role in the decision to get rid of Brett Ratton. I'm sure he would have been aware of it yesterday. Um, but he's had nothing to do with the review. He's a spin out of the review. And then um, uh, Andrew Bassett and Simon Lethleen make it clear to Brett Ratton on Sunday night or Monday morning um, that his job is in serious jeopardy um, and then spend the next few days um, talking to him and, and almost seeing if he can convince them that he should continue as the coach um, before they make the decision at the board level yesterday or last night um, while he basically waits at the club for that decision um, that they're going to sack him um, and now everyone considers that you don't make that sort of decision that's going to make you look um, so silly, to use Andrew Bassett's words, um, and also be liable to a payout without having yeah. a fairly strong degree of confidence that you can get someone um, who you think is a better version so, so Pete, or a better coach is, for your footy club. So, Pete, this is the second time it's happened to Brett Ratton, sacked at Carlton, now sacked at Secuda. Yeah. What is Clearly now there's a knock on Brett Ratton and his coaching. So what yep. is the impression? What What's the perception and what is also the reality of his coaching? Oh, I think the impression is that he may be not hard enough on players. And I know that's an easy thing to um, you know, say to people because you need to build a relationship before you can have the strong conversations. And I'm sure Brett does have strong conversations with people, but um, that's the perception that he doesn't necessarily... Um, I don't know if the word inspire or whatever the word is, motivate his players to actually make the adjustments that they need to make to become elite AFL players um, and be able to direct them in the right manner and get a group working all in the same direction. Um, I think that's probably, there's part of that's true and part of it that the guy hasn't had much of an opportunity to... Um, show his wares, particularly with the list that they've had. Now, he'd have a different view on the list than the St Kilda president does, and clearly the list manager does, because James Gallagher was saying on Wednesday that they need to um, improve their list um, to be a serious contender, and they're going to take a long time to do that. And Andrew Bassett, the president, says, we think they're not getting enough out of the list. So there's a disconnect there um, that you know has basically run through the last couple of years at St Kilda. Peter, uh, the one thing that seems funny about this is all this timeline. So end of the trade period, the review was actually completed a while ago. How they've even gone about talking to Brett Ratton when probably most people think that their mind was already made up. Are you? Look, there's whispers all through here in our offices, certainly here in Melbourne, but that that this might have been been coming for a while and they've already got someone in the pipeline. Are you thinking that there's already someone in the background that, that they may be eyeing off? Yeah, well, I mean, everyone in Melbourne thinks that they're eyeing off Ross Lyon, but um, no-one knows for certain. He might come out tomorrow and say, I'm not interested, and Simon Lethleen was quite adamant today that they hadn't spoken to Ross Lyon, neither he or Andrew Bassett, but as I wrote in this piece today, that it doesn't take um, much for you at St Kilda to find out what Ross Lyon's thinking without necessarily directly speaking to him. I mean, that's that's... That's just guesswork on my behalf. And certainly Simon Lefleen and Andrew Bassett, I think, have tried to go about it as uh, respectfully as you possibly can in such making such a brutal decision with Brett Ratton. 
but you wouldn't think you would go to the lengths of removing your coach on what October the 14th mm-hmm. when he's got a two-year deal without a fair level of confidence that you can land someone that you think will improve your football team. You're not exactly. going to go through a process and say, oh, we're just going for the next untried coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, that ain't going to happen. Can they so, forgive Ross Lyon for the way it ended last time? I think they can. I think Bassett's a fan. Um, look, it'll be a question for the supporters. Yeah. Um, certainly, he'll have he'll have a lot of um, backing within the uh, St Kilda Footy Club and with the AFL industry, I suppose, or, or at least belief that he can drag them up the ladder. Um, and he's also got Lenny Hayes come on as an assistant. I mean, it remains to be seen whether he's the man. But um, certainly Nathan Buckley is not going to go down no, this path. Um, Luke Beveridge is um, contracted and he's looking at extending. He won't be going, Bulldog sources say. And so, you know, it's it's, it's hard. Don Pike's well and truly um, settled in Sydney. And it's hard to think of many others. Leon Cameron settled in Sydney that would Can't fit say- the bill. Can't say Ken Hinckley on this station here in South Australia, though, can we, Pete? Oh, just really, <laughs> no, just really throw the cat amongst the pigeons. No, no, I think Ken's he's been well there once before. Oh, yeah, dear, yeah, I don't think no, he's going back either. No, no, he went with Fidey, didn't he? Yeah, Way back no, in the that day. didn't end well at all. Hey, uh, no, Pete, no, looking no. forward to reading your article uh, in the Age, mate. Uh, thanks so much for coming on and having a chat. We'll chat again soon. Thanks, Pete. Always good to chat. Pleasure. Peter Ryan there from the AIDS. Looking forward to that article. I'm going to get these breaks on time today, Rich. Well I am. Well and I'm going to hold you to it. We're going to go to one. We're going to come back on the other side. We'll discuss it a little bit more. But even if there's something else, you want to talk about the delistings at Port Adelaide, if you want to talk about, I don't know, Murray Bridge Gold Cup coming up. I mean, I might even throw a tip out, uh, Rich, while we're on the air. Anything you like, 0427 154 Or give us a call. A few people have had some opinions the last two times I've, um, I've filled in. <laughs> More than happy to have a crack. As long as they've got opinions. Yeah, just give me a bus. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We're going to go to a break. We'll be back after this. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Woods. Welcome back. To the run home with Kim Bell and the Roots. Miles Fitzner with you. More thanks to the Hyundai Tucson. Turbo diesel in stock now. Jeez, AJ. Didn't like didn't like the gag on a Friday, Roots. Miles, you just lost a heap of respect. Why would you try and be funny and mention Hinkley? You're today's total tool. Oh, <laughs> AJ. Well, well. An opinion. Yeah, to, uh, uh, update everyone who's getting in the car after a busy day at work, big weekend planned. Port Adelaide has made some list decisions. Marty Frederick, cut, delisted. Shall be interesting where he goes as a delisted player. There is some interest in him elsewhere around the competition. They certainly appreciate the speed that he can put into a game. Dylan Williams also has been delisted, but promised that he will be put back on the Port Adelaide list as a rookie. That might bring some debate among the Port Adelaide fans as to which way they would have gone with that decision, but you can... can Understand where Port Adelaide's got excesses at the moment. And one-year contract extensions to Jed McEntee. That's understandable with Port and their need for small forwards. And Trent Dumont, who's one of the great stories of you know being sacked by North Melbourne, where he was the vice-captain, not only gets to Port Adelaide on a one-year deal, now he's got an extension for the second year. So It's a 
There's credit to him. List changes. Credit to him. Uh, first of November, Jeff Walsh will call us and killed a press conference with the new coach, Justin Lepich. Someone said, Ooh, did, did Mark McVeigh suddenly resign? Someone asking to fill the pockets. But we've got a caller. We've got John from Port Augusta. Hi, John. St. Kilda. Hello, John. Hello, Miles. Michael Angelo. Hello, fellas. Hey, uh, just on um, St. Kilda, I mean, every club's been there. with poor administration, not necessarily running the club well, and goodness knows what. Port Adelaide's been there about a decade and so ago. Collingwood's been there, the great Collingwood. So I broke it there in 1998. Kaledi stepped in and had no coach and all the rest of it. Richmond had saved our skins. You could argue the Crows are there at the moment or have been there for the last little while. Every club's been there. But Secure have won 28 wooden spoons and one premiership. Yeah. They have been... They have won 28 wooden spoons, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I used to watch the old VFL in the late 70s and through the 80s. And they were always 12th, 11th, 12th. They were Footscray. And um, they've been a basket case for a long, long time. I'm not trying to kick them out because they've produced some of the greatest players of all time. I mean, they don't come better than Tony Locker. And probably in Stuart, not the last in play, but they reckon they're great. And these blokes, and Robert Harvey, of course. The bloke that I'd give it to is clearly I'm a Choco fan. I'd give it to Mark Williams. If not Mark Williams, Robert Harvey, because he's a favourite son, but he's been away since 2008. So he's been away for a long, long time. And um, he would band them together. Absolute favourite sons. One of the greatest players the club's ever produced. Um, would bind the supporters. Whether they turn them or not, who knows. But, um, yeah, just my thoughts. Your thoughts. Thanks, fellas. Thank Good on you, Johnny. John. Interesting yeah, where they go down this path. That clearly, they're going to need someone with pretty thick skin to coach St Kilda after all this. As Robert Harvey had such an apprenticeship across the competition that hasn't even he? though he hasn't been a senior coach so far, that they can confidently put him in that chair. Do they go to Ross Lyon, who's been there before? Well, Robert Harvey's just so universally respected. Yep. Isn't he? Like, and you just can't imagine any sort of... He's the one guy that you can't imagine any sort of conflict or anything coming back. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's one of the most clean-cut cats in the comp, isn't he? If it came down to Harvey v. Lyon, oh. how would you vote at a board meeting on that one? I don't know. It, it's got it's something. It's got this sort of half-succession, you know, Lyon Hayes under him or Lyon Harvey or something like that. It's got all this sort of feel about it, but we'll wait and see. Regardless uh, of who becomes the coach, Miles, there's going to be a fair bit of focus, particularly after St Kilda had what has to be considered one of the poorest trade periods there has been. After the break, we're going to listen to Grant Thomas bring this point, and later after he made this, he, this point on Perth Radio, he put up two names. Two names. One that would unsettle Port Adelaide. One that would unsettle our listeners? No, I think... Our, well, it <laughs> would only unsettle the listeners who actually wish this man would return to the Adelaide Footy Club. We'll have a listener, Grant Thomas, after the break. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. Welcome back. Fast approaching uh, 4.30. We're live from SNSA Studio Lumo. Hey, Rooch. Yes. They're about to run the Murray Bridge Gold Cup. Um, Give us the winner. I've had two bets here. Well, I've had two bets. I've had a decent bet, Lord Vlad, and I've had a savour agreeable because it's Lord not... Lord Vlad? Um, yeah, Lord Vlad of Ostock, it's called. 
Not named after Andrew Demetrio, is it? Probably not. Lord Vladivostok and then Agreeable. They're the two horses for mine. So I've had a bit of a bet on both of those. You're going to get about five thirty and 8 bucks. So you can uh, you can split your little wager there and have a little bit of a crack. Roach, um, Grant Thomas mentioned about other aspects of the St Kilda Football Club under the microscope. So the he? former St Kilda coach said this. Well, I would hope that St Kilda's um, taking its microscope from the coaching and once they secure the next coach and putting it on the list manager and recruiting department as well because that needs urgent attention also. Well, that puts a bit of heat on James Gallagher, doesn't it? Well, he hasn't been there long, James Gallagher, though. That's he hasn't been there very long. It's a nice graphic going about at the moment, which is predates James Gallagher, as you're making the point, of just yeah. how St Kilda has traded and drafted for the past decade. Well, Dan Hanabry was one of the biggest disasters of the AFL scene. Absolutely. So we talk about coaches often, and they they do have, as Brett Ratton has found out, a very tough time when it's about wins and losses. But football programs are very much hinging on list managers at the moment, and we've heard Grant Thomas continue in that conversation that St Kilda needs to regain a former player who's now the list manager at Port Adelaide and has had a very big week in getting Jason or Francis to Alberton. He wants Jason Cripps to manage the list, Matt Randell to be the recruiting chief. Big. What do you think? Do you think Matt Matt Randell's got more to give the AFL? I'm absolutely certain Matt Randell has a lot to give to the AFL. Is he a betting man? uh, Um, No, I don't think that phone call is going to happen, sadly. No, but if, do you think, I was just going to say, do you think Matt Rendell ends up in an AFL system again at any point? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. But we're delighted to have him with us. Oh, yeah. He's given us great insight as to what goes on. But uh, it's interesting that it's more than just the coach now. And Grant Thomas has hit on a pretty good, big point there about looking at the list managers. He certainly has. We're going to go to the news, and then we'll change it up a little bit on racing. the other side of this. Bur- well, they're racing at Murray Bridge, like we said, Lord Vladivostok and Agreeable. No, we go to Burat Sunder Racing first, don't we? No, yeah. Oh, a- no, we go to Gareth no, Hall. we're going to racing. Oh, Gareth Hall, so we can talk more racing on the other side this of this. I've also got a tip. I've also got a tip for where you can go tomorrow for the Caulfield Cup and Everest Day. I've found a little place that I think everyone can go and slide into, Roach, and okay. it's free, okay. and it's going to be a <laughs> party. Party. We'll be back after the news. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. Welcome back. 4.35. Miles Fitzner, Michelangelo Rucci for the run home for Kimbo and the Rooch. Brought to you by Balfour's. No matter your club colours, Balfour's up for the game. Rooch, before the break, I gave you two horses for the Murray Bridge Cup. I said you can back both of them. The two of them have gapped the rest of the field by three links Ooh. and Agreeable has beaten Lord Vladivostok in a photo finish. So if you boxed them up, you had a same race multi, you backed both of them, you've got a return. So I can't do any more than that live on a, well on a Friday well drive program. Well Another man that is... So absolutely. Here we go. Someone said, had the Quinella for 25 units, you legend, Milo. Kim who? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Hey, um, a guy that's absolutely killing it, though, Roach. He's our new star of SEN track. We got him over from RSN. We had to pay him the big, big dollars. But he's the star of Giddy Up with Gareth Hall on SEN track. He's on every morning. I do a show with him, winners, on Saturday morning to discuss all things Caulfield Cup and Everest for the weekend. His name is Gareth Hall, and he joins us. Hello, G-Man. 
Hello, Miles. Great to be on the show. G'day, Roots. Yeah, on fire again. Tipping up a storm, are you, Miles? Unbelievable. Uh, Murray now, Gary, if you went yeah. head-to-head with Miles through yeah. the spring carnival, <laughs> yeah. who's going to have the champagne at the end? Oh, no doubt, Miles. He's the greatest tipster in the world, Roots. Unbelievable. <laughs> Hard to beat. You I couldn't think, go past him. Well, I think we'll be cutting that for a promo eventually. <laughs> sarcasm coming out of you is after I just gave you a big rap is uh, unbelievable, Gareth. Hey, um, I'm mate, serious. You're, you're on four. You're in form at the moment, Miles. You're seeing them like a beach ball. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a three year form streak uh, that seems to be going okay. <laughs> no, I'm already kidding. Hey, um, mate, rain here in um, in Melbourne. It's Caulfield Cup weekend. It's the Everest Up uh, in Sydney. It's one of the big days of Australian racing. Yeah, I think it's one of my. I think it's nearly my favourite day because the Everest has uh, changed the landscape of uh, this beautiful game that we love in thoroughbred racing. And then you have got the time on a Caulfield Cup with so much history. And when you combine both those races, I think it's just ignited the sport. And you can look forward to a top class race every 15 minutes with the best jockeys and the trainers in the country going head to head in in two states. So. I think the Everest is a beauty, and the, the Caulfield Cup always produces a wonderful story, and there's so many storylines this year in the, in the great race over a mile and a half, so I can't wait for tomorrow. Gareth, I'm not an expert in the racing field, so I'll put up my hand immediately if this is a very, very silly question. Yeah. But yeah. you would never have, and we've moved away from this in the sporting codes, the AFL Grand Final going head-to-head with the NRL. The Everest and its timing... What is going well, on I, there? Is that... I don't think it matters, Rich. Oh. I don't think... I think if you had the NRL Grand Final and the AFL Grand Final on the same day, it would be down to TV rights. Yeah. You would still sell out ANZ Stadium and you would still, still sell out the MCG. Um, you'll have a capacity crowd as close to at Caulfield. Yeah. They will pack Sydney at Randwick for the Everest. Um, record turnover. There'll be people betting on this day like never before because there'll be more people watching the Caulfield Cup because of the Everest and vice versa. I don't believe in that argument. I think people just like to talk about that just for the sake of it. I think racing's the big winner tomorrow. By having the Caulfield Cup and the Everest on the same day, I think the MRC has embraced it as well. They know it's beneficial for them. Their turnover on this day has never been better since the landings put the Everest on. And... The Everest has been great for racing from a marketing point of view. I think it helps people in South Australia, Perth, Queensland, um, Victoria, Tasmania. I think it's been terrific. So I think racing will be the winner. Um, And you wouldn't get more people at Caulfield necessarily because the Everest is, or less people at Caulfield because Mm. the Everest is on in Sydney. I think the only difference, if we could get a spaceship or something like that to fly James McDonald to both venues, that right. might help. <laughs> okay. That's the only that's okay. the only thing I think I could wish so for. So you think tomorrow. there's a win win? Yep. Yeah, I, I totally I I think that um, I think for a racing and sporting fan when you've got the Caulfield Cup an hour later from the Everest, I think it's a dream. Okay. That everybody at Caulfield be watching the Everest and everyone in, in Sydney, um, they might be having a few beers by the time the Caulfield Cup comes along. <laughs> yes. But they'll be watching with interest. Yeah. Hey, Gareth, let's just, before we get stuck into the Caulfield Cup and the Everest, uh, let's just talk about your show, though, in the mornings. We're on track for SE and track tomorrow for the Caulfield Cup, but I just want to quickly talk about your new show. You go every morning talking to all the trainers and get all the mail. You pretty well have them all covered. One, how have you found it? And two, um, do you think do you think that, um, that uh, you have the winner of the Everest and the Caulfield Cup from your interviews this week? 
I think we might, Miles. Yeah, Giddy Up, we started about a month ago. It's um, been a lot of fun. We've got a, some terrific contributors. On Monday, we'll have Wayne Hawks and Johnny O'Neill for our means test. Jared Waitley will be joining us on Monday. We've got a good young team, which includes you, of young form analysts that um, have got, some, you know, got so much passion for the, the, the sports of harness racing, but especially thoroughbred racing, greyhound racing. So um, hopefully we can find you plenty of winners. And, um, yeah, and we talk to all of the trainers and get to know their personalities as well. So three hours is simply not long enough to fit all of the content with, all the, um, with what's been happening in the racing games in all three codes from Monday to Friday. So, no, it's been a lot of fun, and it's just been a great time to start the show, basically, in the middle of the spring, and it's only going to get better in the, the next couple of weeks. Caulfield Cup, I think Allegron's going to be hard to beat. We had a chat to James Cummings on Giddy Up on Thursday. Um, geez, he's bullish about his chances. Now, he missed the Turnbull Stakes. He had a temperature. But James says that shouldn't be a problem with him. There'll be no excuses. And that um, missing that run in the Turnbull could be a blessing in disguise. So I think he's worth the play. And I think Smoke and Romans is going to be awfully hard to beat. And Gigi's a great story. A horse from the southern part of New Zealand that's been with Kiramar and David Eustace for a little while. But they've been patient with him. He's a horse that's um, bred to stay. And his breed suggests that if you're patient, he'll keep on getting better. And that's what he's been able to do. And he's been thrown into the Caulfield Cup now with 51 and a half after winning a naturalism, sneaking into the field. And then he won a weight for age race, the Turnbull Stakes the other day. So he's giving all of his rivals, or they're giving him weight, despite him defeating them uh, the other day at Flemington. And I'm causing a little bit, I'm, I'm tipping a little bit of an upset in the Everest. I think nature's trip's vulnerable from the draw. I think he can back two horses if they get the, get the run um, in the late splits and the concluding stages. And Mars Crusader, that went very close last year and also lost and running, I think flying at the moment for Johnny O'Shea and Huey Bowman. So those are the horses that I'll be playing in those big races tomorrow. Gareth, we can catch your show every morning on SEN Track 8 till 11, Monday to Thursday, at 9 till 10.30 on Friday. And then you and I do winners on a Saturday morning. Appreciate your time. And, I'll, well, I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> Put <laughs> on your miles, put on your roots. Thanks, Gareth Hall. There, I'll just give you my tips, roots. Since yes, I'm there anyway. These down. I'm Caulfield Cup, Smoke and Romans for me, and then if it's a real, really big bog, Montefilia, um, Montefilia, New Mary, and Dewis round out my numbers. Yeah. And then the Everest, I've had a big bet Nature Strip, and then I've had a Sather right. exactly the same as Gareth on um, on Mass Crusader. So they're the big ones. You can hear all the tips. So on SEN Track, on SENSA, my form lounge goes to air tomorrow morning as well. For all the both cards, both previews. One thing I do want to say, though, Roach, is if you're in Adelaide and you do love your racing, yes, the Lion Hotel, right? They've put a big screen in their in their beer garden at the Lion. TAB's come in. It's free. It's sponsored by Moet. The full kit. They've, the Lion have Ooh. done it properly. They'll be there all spring. They're calling it the Lion Cage, not the Bird Cage. So from 12 p.m. tomorrow, you can get to the Lion Hotel, and I can guarantee you. Uh, that will be the one place, I think, in Adelaide that you're going to be watching a lot of the just, spring races. Just mention your name at the door? Uh, you can mention my name. Uh, you actually can go and mention my name at the door <laughs> if you want to. It, won't get you, it might get you a spot. It won't get you anything free. But I'd be going to the Lion Hotel it read, because just if you don't like racing and you just like maybe having a bit of a look around, yep. I think you need to go to the Lion Hotel. Okay. So, righty. Uh, to the Lion Cage. Roach, on the other side of this break, we've got Antonius Cleveland coming up to join us would it did you find that the 
did you find that um, the uh, th- 36ers were poor against the Jack Jumpers? Yeah, all the euphoria that we had from their tour of the States didn't unfold nicely at all last night. To be nine zip down, a minute and a half into that game, and then to lose to the Jack Jumpers did sort of burst the balloon pretty quickly. But well, di- it's only the start. Yeah, disappointing after they lost to the Suns. Absolutely disappointing. Uh, beat the Suns, should I say. Uh, so he's still to join us. We've got Borat Sunder Racing to chat all things cricket, part of SNSA's T20 World Cup team. The Friday forecast is still to come. We've got our real estate wrap, thanks to McGain Real Estate and all the properties there. There's heaps more to come. On the run home with Kimbro and the Rooch, please stay with us. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Welcome back to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. All thanks to Balfour's and we're live from SNSA studio. Lumo, Miles, Fitzgerald, Michelangelo, Rucci with you. Roach, change attacked here. We need to talk basketball. We need to talk 36ers. And who better to get on than one of the stars of the 36ers? He's uh, been generous enough with his time. Antonius Cleveland, we speak of. Hello, Antonius. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, man. How you doing? Well, we're delighted to have you in our town of Adelaide, Antonius. But we'd love to know your story from Memphis, Tennessee, all the way through to the NBA, then to the Illawarra Hawks which will be a special moment again on Saturday. But how did we get you here in Adelaide? What's been your life story so far, if we may ask? Um, basketball took me all over, man. Uh, had a couple of stints in the NBA, uh, but it was time to, you know, go abroad and go overseas last year. And NBL was just, um, you know, the right league to go to for the first time. My agents felt like that. And yeah, I felt like that as well. And so LOR um ended up getting a deal done there on a one year deal. Went there and had a pretty you know, pretty decent year and um had a had a few suitors this off season. So I got to make my own decision on where I wanted to go this time around and uh okay. Adelaide this was kind of the, the the best fit. It was the best decision for me. Well it's reassuring to know that Australia still is the place to be, particularly when we know that as John Casey, our basketball man here at SEN keeps telling us it is a sport that can take you all over the world. You could have been in Europe and many other leagues. What have you found about the Australian basketball scene? How do you find it? Um, I find it like I feel comfortable. It's a up and down style pace, kind of like the NBA slash the G League, which is how I like to play. Um, it's a great platform um, with analysts and you know the media aspect of it, um, ESPN deals and. I, I really enjoy it, man. I really enjoy it. I... Mate, you mentioned uh, you love the people. Let's talk about like, let's talk about off the court though, because we all we all love to have a beer. We all love to have a party. Have you found uh, a bit of the Adelaide nightlife? Have you had an opportunity to get out? Maybe go to a couple of clubs, hear some music. Um, yeah, sit down, and have a have a nice meal, and, and maybe a few beers somewhere. No, not yet, man. The weather's been a little. A little, a little whack, man. I don't, I don't like the cold, so I stay inside for the most part. Um, well, mate, it's about to get, it's about to get a lot hotter. That's what everyone keeps saying. But I'm waiting, man. I'm waiting. Yeah. It, will, it will happen, Antonis. When we get the run of 45 degree days, you'll know about it then. But tell you what was hot. Your tour of the U.S., particularly when you have a win against an NBA side, generated headlines everywhere. Just how was that tour in the end? 
Um, it was it was great. It was great, man. To go to go to the states and uh, get a win was great. It was great for the club, great for the country. You know, our our city and loved ones, and um, just also to get get a chance to go back to the states and kind of reset, mm-hmm. man. Um, kind of paying for it now a little bit, you know, with jet lag in our bodies. But I think it was worth it, man. I think we'll eventually bounce back and. Um, all in all, I think it was a great trip and a great experience. Speaking of jet lag, nine down after 90 seconds against the Jack Jumpers, then you lose 97-72. Is, is that the drag factor from your U.S. trip? Do you feel you, you just weren't ready for this, this first game at home? Um, I feel like we could have did some things better. We, we didn't come out with a sense of urgency ready to play, and um, they beat us, you know. It's mm. easy for us to blame it on the trip. But, if, I mean, if we win that game, we're not saying anything about jet lag. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. um, so, um, I mean, realistically speaking, you know, legs were a little heavy. But when you get down by that much, um, it's hard to, you know, claw your way back into the game after, you know, taking a trip like that to the state. You don't want to be playing from behind, trying to play even harder when, you know, so – I think everything, you know, kind of just didn't go in our favor, but we kind of didn't help ourselves as well. So we just got to bounce back and learn from it. Tomorrow you go again, mate, in front of the home crowd. You host the Illawarra Hawks from 5 p.m. at the Entertainment Centre. Your old mob. Uh, how are you seeing the game shaping up against uh, your old team? Uh, we got to come out and play desperate, man. Uh, <clears throat> we need to bounce back, get back on the right track, and, um, you know, continue to build off, you know, build off that. So, should be um, an interesting game for us. I mean, it's all about us. It's not about them. Um, so that's my mindset. So we just got to go in and do the things that we're supposed to do. And, Tony, as you say that you chose the Adelaide 36ers, why, why did you pick our team? Um, well, I wanted uh, – Robert Franks is a good friend of mine, so we wanted to go somewhere and play together. Okay. And um, <clears throat> there's a couple of places that he didn't want to go, which kind of got X off the list. And um, <laughs> Adelaide just was <laughs> – Adelaide was just the perfect fit, man. When you look at, you know, the pieces that they have with, you know, uh, Maka and Sunday, uh, you know, guard-wise, they can guard and defend. And I feel like that's what I hang my hat on as well. So I felt like me meshing in with those guys was perfect. Then you got Robo who can, you know, really score. And it just kind of made the most sense. You know, CJ, you know, sounds pretty good on the phone with his plan. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of like an easy decision. It, it was a – kind of the, the best fit for both of us to come to and um, just um, this opportunity kind of presented itself. Did CJ give you, the, give you the sales pitch that he wants an entertaining side? Did that appeal to you? Yes, he said he wanted to play fast. Uh, he wanted to get up and down and play fast and like I said, that's right up my alley. I like to play fast as well. I don't want to walk the ball up and throw it inside and be a half-court team. So, you know, all of that was, you know, also led to my decision and to come in here, man, and uh, yeah, just wanted to like kind of how we played in the states, the uh, Phoenix. That's how we want to play up and down. You know, of course, we were making a lot of shots, but you know, we were playing fast. And uh, I think that's what we want to do, and we have the team, you know, to do that. And Tony, we were a little concerned when you start winning in the states that the agents would start getting calls to keep Hugo Heise in the states. Was there any reaction from the American side of the camps? Um. Well, on, on my on my on my end, it's going to take a lot to get me out of here. Um, just because you know I've been in that situation a couple of times, and it's going to have to be a, a deal that blows me and my agents away to get me to you know pack up and get out of here. But I can't really speak for um, you know my, the other two imports. I know Craig had a lot of phone calls mm-hmm. and whatnot, so 
I can't really speak for them, but on my me personally, it's gonna take a lot to get me out of Adelaide and um we didn't quite get a I didn't get a call, you know, worth fulfilling at least and my agents would have told me if they did, but uh not sure about the other guys, but I'm just happy we got to, you know, get them back on that flight and get back over here. Yeah, well done. Well done indeed. Well, it's going to be a big weekend. Have the text messages been coming from your old mates at Little Waller at all, or are they leaving it until game uh, time to get into you? <laughs> not really. I'm pretty I'm pretty close with um, a couple of the players, so I might get some food with them tonight. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're the enemy, man. There's no friends between those lines. So, I mean, hey, they're – Adelaide, I'm with Adelaide now, so to hell with Illawarra, man. That's just last year. I'm focused on, you know, I'm, I'm on the other side now with the 36ers, and my focus is with us. I'm ready to go to war with, you know, who I'm with now and my teammates now. Well, you're ticking a lot of boxes there, Antonius. You love our city, you love our team, and you're staying with us. That's all we wanted to hear. <laughs> Hey, wait till you get down the beach, mate. When the weather's a little bit hotter, you'll, uh, I think you might enjoy it down there too, mate. Thanks so much for coming on the show. And uh, look, hopefully when it warms up, you can get a couple of beers stuck in you over the summer too. Hopefully go well against Sierra Warra. We'll chat again soon. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Antonis. Isn't that Antonis a good miles to actually hear someone who has come to our town wanting to play here and stay here rather than just make it a just a passing station onto something else? Exactly, Roach. Well, that's what you want. Like you said, I'm in Adelaide now, and it want to be a bloody good deal to get him out of here. Mm. So, oh, I'm all, I'm all about it. Like, aren't we due? We're nearly due, aren't we? Well, yeah, well, considering we've been waiting to see which team of all our national sporting teams from the summer brand actually get up with a title, we yeah, we think the Sixers probably are the ones that are closest. The Redbacks are going to make us wait, are they? Or how are they... Ah, I, look, they're on the improve. They're improve. Yeah, well, I've got a bit of an insight into the Redbacks, so okay. I think they're... They're starting to build a bit of a nice little list, they're, and they've really invested in their in their sort of younger talent, which is going to take three or four years. And yep. they're doing a proper rebuild. It doesn't happen as quick in cricket because you just got to get games yep. into youngsters. United in the A League, well, they compete. Uh, they are playing against some teams with a fair few aces up their sleeve. But you know, while you're in the race, you're always a chance. Well, so we'll see while what we're summer at it. brings. While we're at it, Thunderbirds, we need the Adelaide bite up and about, the Avalanche, yes. we need, need the ice hockey to, well, to get it done. As Kim would we, say, we're due. Yeah, we want them all to win. Hey, let's go to the news, Roach. Um, and then coming up on the other side of this, uh, um, we've got Burrat Sundaraysen to chat some cricket. Indeed. Burrat, he's up after this. Welcome back. Is the run home. Kimbo on the Rooch, Miles Fitz and Michelangelo Rucci. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel. All wheel drive as we are live from SNSA Studio Lumo on King William Street. Well, you are, Rooch. I'm not. I'm in wintry Melbourne. But do you know a man that was in Adelaide? I met in Adelaide and got to commentate the Shield cricket with him. Ooh, He's yes. a superstar yes. now. The superstar yes. of SEN's T20 World Cup team. He also does a test cricket. There's not much he can't do. His name is Borat Sundarace and he joins us. Hello, mate. Hello, Miles. Hey, you forgot, forgot one thing. I can also tell when the rain's coming by seeing which way the ants are going. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, you, no, come on, Barry. You've got to tell us a bit more. No, we need mate. more on this. Give us more. <laughs> well, look, look, the one thing I learned, uh, I didn't learn much about cricket uh, from, I don't know, while commentating with Miles Fitzner. The one thing I did learn, though, was from his experience of living in the country, yes. um, how to make out, um, you know, when the rain is coming, he said, he taught me how to look 
uh, the direction in which the ants are going. And another thing, and Miles, I always think about you when, while I'm at the while I'm at the Britannia yes. roundabout, and I hear someone honk. I know somewhere Miles is just sipping or just like downing a beer. <laughs> so uh, just quickly on that route. So it was about the ants moving because we were commentating the Shield cricket, and I said, "Look, the ants are going mad, and they do." when the rain's about to come, because they don't go in a line, they just go everywhere, right? And, and Virat was like, we were, we were talking about it, but then when we were driving home one day from the cricket, I said about how we play the, the drinking game at the, the Britannia Hotel, where if you, you drink out the front and someone toots, if you've got your glass in your hand, you've got to finish it <laughs> at the Britannia Roundabout. It's one of the great games, isn't it, Virat? Virat. The joys you have of being a cricket commentator, eh? <laughs> well, you learn something. <laughs> now, but hey, uh, the big story of the moment, Dave Warner, will he be Australia's captain? I mean, look, the, the path has been cleared for him uh, finally. Uh, it's been in the works for a while now. Uh, and, and there's never been a question about David Warner's leadership skills in terms of what he does on the field. Uh, he's, you know, one of the most strategic captains I've ever seen in my time. And you know, he's won titles everywhere. He won an IPL title as well. Not many have done that. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, he knows how to lead a bunch of men on the field. We all know the reason that led to that, you know, captaincy ban, uh, as it's called. Uh, uh, but, you know, I added a piece from uh, Dan Bredick, the Adelaide's own Dan Bredick, uh, earlier today, which kind of detailed how, how that was played out. Uh, you know, how the board officials met. And there was a sense of panic back in Cape Town when that meeting happened. So... Yeah, well, look, he's, he's had, what, quite a few years, uh, for four and a half years, where he's been kept away from the captaincy. Uh, but with Finch retiring from one-day cricket, and more so the 50-over World Cup, what, just 11 months away, you want someone with a lot of experience uh, with Indian conditions, and who better than David Warner? Can we trust him? And, that, and the key point here is, Bharat, when this all began and Cricket Australia set out its findings and how it would all approach and the question of whether Smith, Warner would ever get leadership roles. One of the stipulations was that Cricket Australia would accept that it had to appreciate, measure the room among the Australian public. Has the Australian Uh, public forgiven Dave Warner and can they trust him? I think a large section of Australia still might not find it easy to forgive David Warner. Uh, And just having been here and spoken to a lot of, uh, you know, just punters, like people who just follow follow the game and are fans, I don't think they'll ever come around to, to doing that. Uh, but, I mean, at the end of the day, everybody deserves a second chance. And, and we're not calling for this to happen, the turnaround to happen, what, 12 months into what happened. I mean, it's been a while. Uh, we've seen how David Warner has matured as a cricketer in that time. Uh, we've seen what he, how, how he's approached his batting in that time. Uh, and also, look, I mean, also how he's been on and off the field ever since. So it, it, it might be difficult for a lot of people to put that trust into David Warner. Uh, but the only way you'll find out is give him the role and see how things go. Uh, and, and, and look, I think he's a father. He spends a lot of time with his kids. And, you know, whether it's on social media or just generally, I think he has matured a lot in the last few years. Uh, so I think the time has come for us to just give him a chance and see how it goes. Borat, let's talk about the Australian T20 team. Hasn't really started all that, um, all that great. I know the World Cup starts pretty shortly and... And we see some of the lesser-known side, should we say, kick it away pretty soon. But, geez, we haven't started very well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, the only uh, positive in it, Miles, is the fact that uh, where was Australia going into the World Cup last year? It did not look flash at all. 
uh, you know, they had come off heavy defeats in Bangladesh and West Indies, and you weren't really sure what your main playing eleven was. Um, so they're still tinkering and trying to find, uh, or you know, use different permutations and combinations just to find that final level. And, and, and in a way, I mean, if you look at it, Touchwood, they are one of the few top teams who aren't without major injuries. If anything, they're spoiled mm-hmm. for choices. I mean, Tim David has come in the last twelve months or so. Um, Josh Hazelwood has become the number one T20 bowler in the past bowler in the world, in my opinion, anyway. Um, and, and now, uh, you know, it, it, it's a question of how you fit all of them in. And Cam Green is just waiting around the corner. Uh, so Australia looked much stronger on paper than they did last year. Uh, but it, it, it's just about getting that combination going. And they have this game tonight and also the warm-up against India at the Gabba. And I think they'll be ready to come the SCG. Murad, you got a ranking system for us yet? Is who are the four teams to look at semi-finals? Um, look, I think um, Australia are right up there, and I would have put India in that top four. And yeah. uh, thankfully, the show doesn't go back to India. Uh, but without Bumrah and without Jadeja, I don't know whether they look as good as they would because they're going to really miss them. I mean, you're talking two of the greatest Indian cricketers or among the greatest Indian cricketers mm. that we've seen in the last. 10 or so years. So uh, the death bowling is a big issue for them. Maybe they sneak into number four. I think England are looking really strong. I mean, like the bowling has been an issue for a while, but um, we've seen the likes of Sam Curran has come back and done well. And Mark Wood is, you know, he loved Australia last time around and he started off really well here this time as well. Um, so they look really strong. I think if you look at the other teams, um, South Africa, one thing that has stood out um, in the last a few games of T20 cricket we've seen in Australia, defending is going to be a key, right? If you put a total on the board with these big boundaries, if you bowl well, you can defend. And that automatically points you towards the better bowling sides. And South Africa is definitely one of them. Maybe even New Zealand in that mix. So I would say Australia, England, South Africa, and maybe India would be my top four. New Zealand has a fair bit of pressure on it, doesn't it? The expectation there? Yeah, I mean, look, they, they've been a side who make it really far into ICC tournaments and nobody gives them a chance. Yeah. <laughs> Here almost there's, there's this expectation that they, they will come through. And not just because they made the final last time, but um, they are a very experienced T20 side. You know, and yeah. uh, uh, even the Lion who might see, has played a lot of T20 world. So they are a shame. They just find themselves in the tough group with Australia and England and Afghanistan and maybe with the West Indies sneaking in. So it, can't, it won't be easy for them to get out of that group. Barat, uh, yeah, we'll just, oh, didn't yep. really, didn't, Mike didn't come on there. Barat, uh, SEN broadcasting all the games. Jeez, uh, a lineup, massive lineup. Jared Waitley, Damien Fleming, Darren Lehman, Simon O'Donnell, Adam Collins, Lisa Stalaker, uh, yourself, Bryce McGain, Stephen O'Keefe, Chris Lynn, Brad Hogg, Brett Jeeves. It's a massive lineup. Do you really look forward to these tournaments, especially when you get to broadcast it to the whole of Australia on a radio network? Oh, absolutely. I can't, I can't wait to, uh, you know, get in there and uh, show off my Norwood accent, which is what I call it, as you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is going to be an exciting tournament. And you know why? Because unlike a lot of other T20 World Cups, you've seen there are a lot of unknowns about T20 cricket in Australia. And no, even though I named four favourites, I don't think anyone starts as a favourite. So it'll be interesting to see once the tournament starts. I think we'll learn a lot of things about T20 cricket in Australia and that's what's going to make it really exciting. 
Barat, uh, you're one of the greats. We love you here. Uh, look, you've especially, I've gone out and read your MS Tony book. If you haven't gone and got it, you wrote the book on MS Tony. You can go and get it. Follow you on Twitter. Follow him at Beastie Boy. Barat, best of luck with the commentary. Look forward to seeing you around the traps, and hopefully we can go to the Britannia Hotel and play a bit of honk drink. I can't wait to do that. Thank you so much. Have a great evening, guys. I might, I might drive around the roundabout constantly. Yeah. It's one of the great games, Roach. It's, oh, it's, if you've got it in your hand and someone toots, and you know what that roundabout's like, it's carnage. Oh, here at the Brite- Don't worry yeah, about that. It's a good game. Even Lines, he's thinking about it. Friday night, and I mean, Friday night peak hour, you could go there and have a beer with the boys out the front. It's fantastic. Right. Um, but I'll be at the Lion Hotel tomorrow. Well, I would be if I was in Adelaide. Yes. Uh, at the- I might slip in there on your behalf. Yeah, you get, look, I'll line up some drinks for you, Rich, at the Lion Hotel tomorrow. <laughs> I think I've let's got go. an AFLW game that's going to keep me a bit busy. Yeah, yeah, let's go to a break. <laughs> On the other side of this, the Friday forecast. And now, McGain Real Estate Wrap. This is the run home with Kimbo and the Rooch. Miles Fitzner filling in for Kim Dillon. He'll be back next week. Back in a moment. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson, turbo diesel, all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. Welcome back. This is The Run Home. Kimbo and The Roots. Miles Fitzner, Michelangelo Rucci with you. Roots, it's a Friday wrap and, well, the forecast is coming, but before that, Speaking of wraps, we need our real estate wrap. And who better to wrap the real estate than McGain Real Estate? Sold by McGain again. It's our weekend wrap, thanks to them. Sold by McGain again at McGain Real Estate. We've got a couple for us. You want to kick it away? Mike Dobbin won't be doing much. Zoe Ball certainly will. At one Goodger Close (laughs) Woodcroft, a stunning family home with a separate granny flat. The home offers four bedrooms, two beautifully renovated bathrooms, and three living areas, and a solid hardwood timber floor layout. The self-contained granny flat, that's where you'll find Mike Dobbin having a nap, I can assure yeah, you. Yeah, or me. Has one bedroom, <laughs> bathroom, kitchen, lounge, separate laundry, plus there is a big shed. Price, seven ninety to eight forty thousand. First open will be on Saturday between 12 and 12.30. Mike and Zoe have also got one um, up in Happy Valley, 17 Allison Drive. In fact, it's a beautifully presented family home with two awesome entertaining areas. Uh, plenty of room for entertaining. One, a pitch veranda, uh, and the other, a pergola over a timber deck. Three bedrooms, two living, two bathrooms, and plenty of parking. The home has ducted cooling and ducted gas heating, plus a slow combustion heater. All that, all that, for between five eighty-five and 625000 The first open is this Sunday, 11 to 11.30. So you can get in contact with Mike or Zoe for those two properties there. And that's why everywhere you go, there's a sign popping up route saying, sold by McGain again. We love, we love him at McGain Real Estate. We do. We do you do. reckon Mike could be on the phone to Kimbo too, wouldn't he, at the moment, looking after him while he's away? Well, he's actually, saying, responsible. What do you need? He's actually responsible for Kim being ill. Is he? Yes. What's yes. it? What the, the punters club didn't go very well, but Mike and Kimbo have. I think I think Mike was ill first. Oh, oh yeah. well. Hopefully you're all right, Mike, and you too, Kimbo. He'll be yeah. back next week too. But it's time for it's time for this. That's the only reason I like filling in on Fridays is because of that music. Did you know that? Yeah. Oh, very good. Very uh, like, good. let's go to uh, let's go to 
Do, do you want to start with the doomsday scenario? No, the sure thing. We go okay, sure the thing. sure thing first. And my sure thing is Malcolm Blight will not be answering the telephone to St Kilda in any way at all. Not to be oh, on there. My sure thing. Power. No way. My sure thing would be that they wouldn't ring him. <laughs> well, take it whichever way you like, but it, it won't happen. There'll be no blight involvement in this. I've gone a different tack with mine. Um, because I'm probably not going to be on here again um, oh, before the be Melbourne sure Cup. And yeah. famously tipped uh, Vow and Declare at $56 uh, on this show um, three years ago. If Kimbo was here, he'd say, do you still living off that? I am. A, 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 an international horse will win the Melbourne Cup this year. Mm. So it will not be a local. Right. That is take it to the bank. So that's between you, who your mouths, Kimura, without a fight, Loft or Doville legend. One of the internationals will win the Melbourne Cup this year. If you're backing a local, you're doing your money. Okay. Rightio. Most at stake. It's tonight, Adelaide playing Brisbane at Metricon Stadium in the AFLW. Top two teams in this battle for supremacy. It has so much at stake, particularly for Brisbane, because if they win and can hold the number one ranking and keep that through the finals, they have a really strong chance to argue that the grand final be played in Queensland at Metricon Stadium because they are the only team, the only team, that can do that, whereas everyone else has a venue such as Adelaide. Can't get to Adelaide Oval because the cricket is on. So there you are. That's why it is so important for Brisbane and a lot at stake at Adelaide then to get it on a neutral venue if it becomes Adelaide-Brisbane grand final at Marvel Stadium in Melbourne. So a lot at stake tonight. A lot at stake. My most at stake is St Kilda. Mm-hmm. And it is if they don't get this appointment right and they've got to go back to the well and start again... Uh, I, I think that they become, yeah, the, the one they become the laughing stock. If not, they already are. But if they don't get it right again, I think there's going to be a point where this little um, suckling from the teeth that, that be the AFL, um, there's going to come to a point where they're going, well, you can't keep making mistakes and us keep bailing you out. Oh, I know. We live in a league where people do always get bailed out in the AFL because we don't have yeah. promotion relegation. That's the issue. Well, it? let's just say then... There's been the, so many bailouts for so long because it's that's the way the system is. It's a locked competition. Why aren't they the Tasmanian team then? If they're going to keep... Oh, no, 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 no. Let's not inflict more pain on Tasmanian football. They deserve the right <laughs> to start up their own... <laughs> no no more pain on Tasmania by sending some kill to there. No, I don't no. know why the talk's been about North Melbourne. I'd be more... They're actually... North Melbourne are airborne money-wise. Airborne. Absolutely airborne. They're the club. They're the worst club in the comp, St Kilda. Right. Doomsday. Yep. I'm putting the Adelaide 36ers on notice because after all the enthusiasm, the euphoria of beating the Phoenix Suns in the US, we can't have them starting 0-2. and two. No, that wouldn't be ideal. Down against the Jack Jumpers, can't do it against the Hawks. Otherwise, oh, what are we saying then? The team that conquered the world can't win at home? Yeah, it's not good. No, no, no. Pick I, I, up your socks, Sixers. My doomsday scenario is it's two-pronged. One is the more rain here. There's a lot of people doing it tough here at the moment. Um, here in Victoria and, and a lot of my mates in the country have actually gone underwater. So doomsday for me is a bit of a sentimental one. I don't need any more rain. No more rain. But also, I think doomsday scenario is David Warner captaining Australian cricket again. It'll take know. the tarnish off it. Interesting how the world reacts as well, not just Australia, but how the rest of the world takes that that news if it comes to be. Interesting. Um, if I just in the last minute of the show, because it's been a great Friday, the listeners have been 
superb off the text machine. Uh, if I asked you if there's going to be a headline next week, what what where's the spanner in the works next week? There's got to be something. The pop- there's something happens. Oh, I'm expecting I'm expecting there to be a, a real like. Oh, hang on, they spoke to a coach a month and a half ago. Job come out here somewhere. Oh, and Brett Ratton was kept in the dark. I think I'm so. Sure, I'm not sure that plays out that way. We'll Rooch, thoroughly enjoyed. Thoroughly enjoyed filling in uh, for Kimbo with you. Linesy, you've been superb. Benny, you've put a great show together. Thanks to everyone for listening and tuning in. Um, and uh, you won't have to worry about me next week. Don't I'm be sure. sure. That. Don't forget, you can go to the go to the Line Hotel, watch the races if you want any tips. Go to SE and Track because they're all there for the races on the weekend. Enjoy your weekend, Thanks, everyone. Good night. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91